0: Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. His teaching on a spirit contemporary approach to life and Christianity has helped so many around the world. His messages clearly lay out how to impact your world in a spirit filled, relevant way. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel, Corco or our streaming service, Corco Plus. Let's dive into the message.
1: Bible teaches us that fear's a big issue. In Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 28, one of the lines it uses there, that there will come a day where men's hearts will fail them for fear. Now, it could be talking about a man's physical heart, because we know that stress does do that. But we also know the word heart is used as this autopilot at the center of our lives that determines what we believe. Our deepest beliefs that govern our lives are in our heart. And it's saying here that people will be in such fear that they can't get faith to work, courage, love, they can't rise up and overcome because fear is causing them to fail in this ability to develop faith and courage. You're gonna be attacked by fear your whole life. In fact, I'll tell you right now, if you're gonna do anything great with your life, raise up a great family, you're gonna to have to learn to deal with fear. Raise up a great company, you better learn to deal with fear. Raise up a great church, you're gonna to learn to deal with fear. Just rise up as a great man, a great woman, you will have to learn to deal with fear. See, fear is not a part of a believer a person who has given their life to Jesus Christ, it's not a part of our nature. Now, you can give into it and you'll find your emotions will go crazy. You see, anytime you let fear in, anger will always be the next step. I'll give you an example. If I'm walking downstairs at four in the morning, it's pitch black, I know where the fridge is, I'm kind of feeling my way, I want a snack. And one of my kids, for a joke, jumps from behind a counter and goes, "Wah!" and just scares me. And I go, oh, why did you do that? The next feeling I have will be anger. Don't you ever do that to me again. So where you've got fear, You have emotions that are out of control. You'll have panic, you'll have anger, you'll have people doing things they would never normally do because faith's not in control, fear is in control. In John 10.10 it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Anytime we talk about the thief, the devil, you can put the word fear in there. It says resist the devil and he'll flee. We need to learn to resist fear or fear will govern us. You'll raise your kids to give in to fear. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't use wisdom. Wisdom and faith go together. But just because I am going to make uh, some good practices to stay healthy, I'm gonna do some of the things that doctors have given us, uh, you know, wisdom to do, I'm gonna do them, but my faith is in God, and I'm not gonna do these things in fear. So I want you to know that fear is not, God never designed us to be fear. One guy said to me, well, Leon, if I don't teach my kids to be afraid of the highway, they're going to go walk across the highway. You don't need fear for that. You just need wisdom. I remember one time when I was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old, my youngest brother was a couple years old, and somehow he had climbed a tree and got onto our house. As I walked out the door, here he is with his little toes right on the gutter of the, of, of, of the house, standing on the edge of the roof. Hey, Leon. And I mean, the first thing that hit me was fear. I'm going, oh, he's going to fall and kill himself. Then I had to deal with that fear because if I went, ah, guy, what are you doing? I'd, I'd freak him out. I said, hey, how you doing? He says, good. Hey, could you back up a couple steps for me? Just take a step back. Okay, turn around. And I just did a very chilled, relaxed way. Just walked him off the roof and over to the tree. Wherever you've got fear, good things aren't going to happen. Job 3.25 says, what I fear will befall me. What I dread will come upon me. So fear is never good. All right, let's deal with six deadly fears, and let's take a look at them so that we can understand how the enemy of our souls will use these individual fears to harass and destroy our lives. The first is the fear of death. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14, it talks about being subject to the fear of death. When you begin to recognize in, that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 55, it says, death where is your sting. It doesn't mean that death doesn't exist, it just means that we understand now that any person that we lose that knows Jesus, heaven is real, it is a real place with real food, real houses, real streets, it's in a different dimension, it's a di- but it's promised to us in the word that there's this place called heaven. So don't be troubled when you lose people that you love it Psalms chapter 23 in verse 4 talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death in other words a shadow is not the real thing you know if you're watching someone walk around the corner and there's a light behind them, you can see the shadow before you see them. The shadow often looks way bigger. It can look crazier, meaner, but a shadow is not the real thing. So when you go through situations where death or the fear of death is pushing at you, recognize that if you give into that fear, that oh man, it's like there's a horror, there's an emptiness, and that you are subject to the fear, Hebrews 2 says, which means that you are a subject as somebody who is under the king. Well, if you are going to be under fear, fear will dictate everything you think, everything you say, everything you do. Being married to you will be horrible. Being one of your children will be awful. Having you lead a business will be disastrous. So we don't want to be subject to fear. This fear of death is the first fear that I want to talk about and the Bible says that Jesus has taken the sting out of death. Fear no longer has dominion on us when it comes to death. The second fear that I want to talk to you about is the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man brings a snare. You know, I saw one time years ago a rabbit caught in a snare, someone had put a wire snare in the bush, he had jumped through it and it had caught him by the back leg. And then this wire was staked to a stake and he was trying to get away. So there's about a, about a two foot circle in this bush. It was all beaten down and bloody as this rabbit's trying to get away from this snare. There's no place to go. The furthest he can go is two feet away from the stake in life. When you deal with the fear of people, what they think, what they're gonna think about me, etc., your life is so governed into this little, little uh, area that you're gonna be able to live in. You've gotta rise up and stop being afraid of people, their opinions, what they think about you, what they say about you. If you want nobody to talk about you uh, or complain about you, then do nothing. Don't do anything great. Just keep yourself in your house, go nowhere, And you might be able to do that. In in Hebrews 13, five, it says here that, don't be afraid of what man can do unto me. Let's be in awe of our great God. Let's lose this fear of gossip, opinions. What are people saying? Someone is thinking right now, Leon, in business, it's important what people are saying. But I have found, if you run around trying to put out every little fire, someone says this, someone says that, you're gonna notice that then the enemy begins to control you by all of these opinions. You run around like a chicken with your head chopped off trying to stop all the talk. No, you know who you are, be who you are, rise up with character and integrity, say that, share that, and you're going to find that all the lies will peter out and that you don't have to be afraid of man, what they think, what they say. So many people today live their entire lives of doing nothing because they're afraid of people I am more concerned of God's opinion of me than man's I may never get an award in any of the areas I'm involved in and I don't care because man's awards have nothing I want to stand before Jesus one day and simply hear him say well done. Leon, you were good and faithful, a servant to the cause. I know I wasn't perfect, but I want to know that I can please Jesus. I I want to do the best I can all the time, but I'm not worried about what they think. I want to encourage you. Is the fear of man controlling you? Unwire that by speaking the word.
0: On Corco Plus Miracle Channel streaming service, kids can watch fun shows filled with faith messages. They'll be singing, learning, and loving all the fun. Kids love it and parents need it. Go to CorcoPlus.com to sign up in three simple steps. That's C O R C O P L U S.com. CorcoPlus, where you and your kids can believe in what you stream.
1: Third fear I want to talk to you about is the fear of failure. The fear of failure has stopped more people from getting up and doing something with their lives because what if I fail? And what will people say when I fail? In Romans eight thirty-seven, it says we are more than conquerors because he loves us. In 1 John 4, 15 and on, love casts out fear. Let's make sure that the reason we hold back from standing up, from speaking truth, from doing that business, making that career change, whatever is in you to do, that it's not a fear of failure. God is with you, you and God are a majority. Don't allow the fear of failure. Any time you allow any of these six fears in, they'll just give place to all the others. And you'll find that when a person has a spirit of fear, they will have fear, the Bible says, that they will run when no one is pursuing them. <laughs> in other words, it's all made up in their head. If you leave fear alone, it just grows and grows until if there's nothing to be afraid of, you'll be making them up. The next one is the fear of rejection. In John 6:37 it says come to me and I will in no wise reject you or cast you out. In Romans 8, 1, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When we come to Jesus, we're not perfect, but God's not going to reject you. Rejection is one of the worst things you could ever do to a child growing up. Some of the leading Christian psychologists will say that feeling or believing in rejection is at the root of so many of the problems today in revelations 12 10 it says satan is the accuser of the brethren and so acts 10 38 says that that jesus heals the brokenhearted all those who are oppressed of the devil and he'll heal you too if you have a sense of rejection if you've got this this fear of being rejected by people everywhere you go you automatically believe that Okay, I heard this kind of funny story about a guy who never left his home. He was so afraid and uh, one day his friends bought him a ticket to a football game. And they like, we've got to get him out of the house. They almost carried him out of the door, put him in the car, and his eyes are this big, and they got him in the seat beside them, and the football game starts, and all of a sudden he jumps up and starts running for the car. And they're going, what? And they finally tackle him, and his friends get around and say, what's going on? You see those guys all huddled in that circle in the middle of the field? They're talking about me. <laughs> when When you've got this sense of rejection, when someone just flares their nostrils, you feel rejected. When someone doesn't agree with you, you feel rejected. If someone's not doing all these, basically it's not that. The issue is you have this fear of being rejected by people and everything they do, you, that, that is your evidence to continue in that direction. If I was to come to our church service and let's say that I had sprained my wrist so bad that just to touch it is painful, It's not broken, so I'm walking through the church and anytime someone reaches out and grabs my hand to shake it, the pain goes through the roof. And so I go home to my wife, Sally, and and she goes, hey, how was church today, Leon? And I go, man, I met 40 different people and they all hurt me. Well, in a normal case, they would never have hurt me. They didn't know I had a a sprained wrist. But in my mind, they're hurting me. Most people who fear rejection, Okay. It's not about the fact that people are rejecting you. It's this belief. You are, have a broken heart. You are hurting on the inside. Something's wrong there. Let's stop allowing this fear of rejection. Now here's the biggie I wanted to get to. And this is our second last fear. And that is the fear of sickness. The fear of sickness. This grips us. When I was a, um, a part of a pilot project uh, for paramedics, and we also worked in a hospital, I would see certain people always coming to emergency because their child had a little rash, uh, because they had a twitch in their eye, and they were convinced they were dying. I don't know how many people I talked to. You know, that anytime you mention the C word, or sickness, or disease, the fear was palpable. The Bible says in Mark 16, verses 17, that when we lay our hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's not an instantaneous miracle, the word recover, but it means things change, and we can believe God that health and healing will flow in our lives when sickness and disease are all around us. In 3 John 2, we get God's will. It says, I desire above all things that you prosper and be healthy. It just says it as plain, the nose on our face and Romans 12 too it teaches us that we must renew our mind to the word of God because you'll just believe things that some afraid aunt taught you or you know some uncle that you're the black sheep of the family or or someone just teaches you a lot of the fear of sickness has got it's handed down from people as they saw how afraid their parents were and they become fearful as well deal with the fear of sickness because fear has torment and fear will literally cause us to be so stressed uh, that how can you be healthy? We know that fear puts you in this stress position and its design is, ah, you see a lion, your adrenaline rushes and you either attack it and kill it or you run for your life and then you burn off that adrenaline and it's over. But people who live in a fearful state all the time, we know that sickness and disease easily attaches itself to them because they are living in this stressed out uh, life All the time and you weren't designed that way Uh, you were designed to live in peace you were designed to live in joy and when you find the joy of the Lord the peace that passes understanding that then you're gonna find health to your bones your organs your mind let's not allow the fear of sickness to be in our lives do we use wisdom with sickness absolutely you know, anything that we've learned from hospitals and scientists, if it's true, let's follow it. Let's learn. But we're not going to be afraid of it. And then the last fear of these six I have is the fear of lack. This fear that I'm going to lose everything, this fear. And, and the Bible is so good about this. In Romans 8:32, it says, God gave us his son, won't he freely give us everything else? Some Christians believe that we have to be poor, that God might make us poor to teach us something. None of these things are biblically accurate. He's saying, if I gave you my son, why would I withhold anything else? You know, if you and I, if I had to give up my son or my daughter for you, you know, and they lost their life so I could help you live, I'd give you my house, my car, anything I have before I'd give them. And God is saying, hey, if I'm going to give you my son, there's nothing left that I wouldn't give you. In Matthew 6, 28, it, it, he's teaching us. This is Jesus teaching, saying, look at the flowers. They don't try to earn their color and their beauty. Look at the birds. They don't work, and they're always fed. He said, and you, are, are the, he's saying, you're the apple of my eye. You're blessed. In John ten ten, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means supreme. Superior in quality, innumerable in quantity. He wants you to live a blessed life. The reason I'm teaching on these six fears is because right now the, the world is in fear. They're afraid of sickness. They're afraid of their business going down. They're afraid of what people are going to say. If I, There's so many fears. And to the believer, fear has no right to be there with you. Wisdom will guide you, not fear. Jesus, when doing miracles, again, let me repeat this, often would say, fear not, do not be afraid, because fear has torment. Fear is faith in the opposite. Faith believes in the finished work of the cross and what Jesus has won for you and I. Fear believes, for whatever your thinking is, that sickness, death, etc., all have a right to come into your life. And your fear, as Job 3 says, says that what I fear befalls me, what I dread comes upon me. Both fear and faith are opposites, okay? One cannot exist with the other. If you've got fear, you do not have faith. And so where there is faith, fear can't exist. Where there is fear, faith can't exist. So what do we do as believers? We begin to pray the word of God. This is the answer to all fear pray out loud the word of God. Jesus continually says when addressing problems, mountains, speak. Young David is coming from the fields of looking after his dad's sheep and his brothers are all trained warriors, incredible men. And he walks out there to see Goliath shouting, send me a man to fight me. Whoever wins they get to own the other country and it says they were all in fear. Young David comes in there and looks, and goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? <laughs> well, it's kind of a very picturesque word. What's he talking about? Who's this guy? He doesn't have a covenant with God. I don't care if he's 11 feet tall. I don't care if he's the baddest guy on the battlefield. He does not have a covenant with God, an agreement with God. Let's go take him out. And nobody would do it. And so he told them he'd go out there. And as Goliath was shouting at David, I'm going to feed your body to the birds. I'm going to rip you up. David says, my God's going to deliver you into my hands. I'm going to take your head off. This is picturesque language. It's showing us that great men and women of God, you know, that they would declare what God's word says, even if what is going on wasn't what the five senses were sensing. If you've got a governing emotion in your mind and fear is running rampant through your head, the only way to stop it dead in its tracks is to speak out loud the opposite. We know that a spoken word changes immediately an emotion. And so what you need to do is get up and declare. And I don't mean in public and everyone thinks you're crazy, but I mean in your car, wherever you go, find time to pray the word that God is with me. I'll not be afraid of disease or sickness. God is with me. I will make it through. He is on my side. In fact, anytime you see a storm in life, remember God is with you. He's standing right beside you. He's not with the storm, allowing it, making it, trying to teach you all this other doctrines that are just crazy that makes people be afraid of God. Any storm I see, any problem I look at, I know God is with me and he's on my side and he wants to take me through. He wants to be more than a conqueror. He wants me to to walk in health and blessing because Jesus on the cross, he died for my salvation so that Jesus could be my Lord and Savior and he died for me that the life of Jesus would be mine, that the curse of the law would be dealt with. I have such confidence, we can have such confidence to rise up, pray the word, remember this, out loud, pray the word. There's something about declaring God's promises as we've been teaching that plants it in your heart. Now, speaking God's word doesn't automatically make that happen. But speaking God's word is a part of the process of faith. Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 4 that when you speak the word of God, that it gets planted in your heart and it begins to grow. First that little bud then the blade, then the full grain. And it says in, in Mark chapter four there that even when you're sleeping, the things you've been speaking continue to grow in your heart. And as a person, a Christian declares God's word out loud, prays the word out loud day after day and never stops, you'll find that you'll begin to step into a life of faith that you've never been experiencing before. Not the faith the world talks about, this positiveness. I like positiveness, but it's not faith. Faith, the Bible kind of faith, only comes through hearing the word. And who listens to you the most? You. So when you speak, everything about you, your body, your subconscious, your mind, it's listening to you. Okay, the Bible says the angels of heaven are listening to you. Jesus is listening to you. It says the demons of hell are listening to you. Everything's listening to you. So speak the promises of God's word every day. And I'm telling you, something incredible is going to happen in you. We're not going to allow any of these six fears or any other fears to get in our life. Wherever there is fear, you just resist it. Resist it. And then just submit to God's Word. Submit to His will for your life. God bless you. We love you. Praying for you to rise up. And we're going to see this thing through. The smoke's going to clear. And you're still going to be standing. And we're going to continue to move on for God. God bless you.